Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Today's guest has completed her Bachelor of Health Science with a major in nutrition and also completed her Master's in Dietetics. Mareika Day does an incredible job at educating her highly engaged audience online while also working alongside some of the biggest brands in our country. Finding a great balance between her role as an expert and an inspiring role model encouraging healthy lifestyles, I was super excited to sit down with this go-getter and find out a little bit more about her path so far and how she has built her brand. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Frank Body, making natural skincare with out-of-this-world results. Their range of cruelty-free and coffee-based products are made in Australia and only tested on babes. Mareika, hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm so excited to chat to you today. You are my first in conversation for season three, so thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm so excited to have you. We're in a bit of a little makeshift podcast space today, sitting on the ground, but we're making it work. <laughs> Probably a good old floor sit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so um, I wanted to get started today with self-care and I really like to prioritise self-care as a daily practice. I think, you know, a lot of people think about it as a one day thing, whether I really mm-hmm. think that it should be an every day. So I'd love to know if you have been incorporating any self-care into your day lately. Yes. So I have had a massive self-care switch over the last, I'm going to say six to eight months after injuring my hips and going into a bit of a downward spiral with my health um, from just working too much over sort of the 12 months prior to that. So self-care has become a really important part of, I'm trying to make it a really important part of each day. And that might be like as simple things as just reminding to check in with myself mentally and not to get too overwhelmed with certain tasks and stuff like that. But I've actually got a really good routine in the morning that I sort of do at the moment, which is um, doing like my mobility routine and getting like my hips moving and my body moving um, just on the floor at home. So that's like sort of my starting the day with a bit of self-care and then meditation as well. Awesome. I love that so much. I'm definitely um, big on meditation. I try to find a little pocket in the day where I can incorporate some meditation. It's just so good for your mental well-being. I I, and I, I've struggled with it for so long, but like I think for me, I've realized that I have to do it in the morning. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like I'm too distracted and my mind is just way too active throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll do it like as I go to bed at night to help me fall asleep. But to me, that's not really like true meditation. That's like falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So true. I use it at night literally to fall asleep yeah, though. Yeah, exactly. And it works. So, yeah, like, it yeah. does. Seriously, if I don't do it, I lay in bed just completely wide and my mind's like ticking over. Yeah. It's so crazy. But it's really interesting how you can find different ways to meditate. I think people naturally think of like sitting in a silent space yeah. with your legs crossed and not thinking about anything, whether it's completely different to that. Like, you know, I love doing it while I'm walking or, you know, sitting in the park and stuff like that. So it's nice how you can find different ways to do it and incorporate it into your day. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's such a good like little mental break. And I think the way I use it, it's, um, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard it somewhere. Like it was talking about how our technology around us has evolved so much over the last sort of like 10 years even, but like over the last 50 years massively. And we need to be like upgrading our inner technology in order to sort of meet with that demand. So I think that that's like the way that I sort of look at it now is like we need to be doing this and this needs to be like something that is like taught in schools and everything. 
um, like brushing your teeth. It's like just part of that self-care of looking after and cleaning your mind as you do your teeth. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a like a quote on Instagram. It was really cute about how we're just so tuned into technology these days and we're, you know, on phones, on computer screens, literally basically the whole time mm. while we're awake. And our, our brains were actually never created to to no. be like that or to operate like that. So, you know, it is so important to be giving it that kind of mental reboot that it yeah. needs as I, well. I think it's scary. Like, and it I is. saw something on Instagram as well and it was, of course, I saw it on my phone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, here we <laughs> are. Know, like, yeah. Um, it was saying like, yeah, we're like on this like uncontrolled experiment of how technology affects our brain. Like mm-hmm. we actually don't know what our brain is going to look like in yeah. 50 years time because of the amount of technology like we use and Isn't the lack scary? of like brain power we are potentially using compared to what people have used in the past. Past. It is seriously, it's crazy. Over Christmas, I actually gave myself permission, which sounds silly, but I felt like I needed to give myself permission to get offline. So we were down at the coast and the reception's not great there. So I was like, it's a perfect opportunity to just switch offline. So I deleted Instagram, deleted all the social apps, muted my emails. And honestly, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders and I just felt so present and like connected to where I was and what I was doing and I just made myself a bit of a pack that I was like okay every time we go on a holiday now or away as a family I'm actually going to do that because you forget how good you can actually feel when you're not constantly feeling like you have to share every moment on social media or check in what Joe Blow from school is eating for breakfast or we just so tuned into what everyone's doing now that it was yeah just so nice to to feel like I didn't have to do that yeah (laughs) so I really want to dive into your career path today Mm -hmm. so we had a bit of a chat um prior to this but I really admire how you've been able to balance one being a professional and an expert in your space but also being an influencer and and a personal brand yourself and how you've been able to appeal to brands because of that Mm -hmm. I think you do it exceptionally well and I know there'd be a lot of girls listening who would love to know a little bit more about how you've been able to do it so can you give us a little sneak peek into your career paths so far? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know whether I do it exceptionally well. Um, I try. <laughs> you do. Um, try and balance things. Yeah, so I guess I started, I get, I, well, to begin with, I got into nutrition and dietetics after I was diagnosed with celiac disease. That was sort of like the deciding moment for me, or I guess in the months after that was the deciding um, sort of factors for me when I couldn't work out what to do with my life. Um, I've always loved food, so, you know, it sort of did work naturally. And then after I graduated, I was working in a hospital and working in clinics and I never really felt like I was doing the work that I really found meaningful. And what I love doing most is educating people and sharing knowledge and I love learning. I'm such a massive nerd. Like, really? That's like so good. The feeling of like learning new knowledge is just something that I love. Again. Oh, I love that so much. That's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, such a nerd. But yeah, so to be able to share that is something that I've always been really passionate about. And like, even when I was in uni, you know, I started an Instagram. This was like before Instagram was like massive, mm. started an Instagram to start sharing some nutrition information online just to help people understand how nutrition can be not as confusing as what people make it out to be and that it doesn't have to be that way and that we can just enjoy food and that we can live a healthy life without it having to be so restrictive or confusing or Mm. you know all of these different things 
So I guess that's when I started yeah, my Instagram and everything was actually at uni, which would have been oh, like five and a bit years ago now. Yeah. And yeah, gradually sort of just built it from there. Um, and the personal brand, I guess, sort of really fell naturally with that yeah. is just like, you know, sharing what I'm passionate about and a bit into my life as well mm. um, of like what I do on a day-to-day basis. It sort of all just became a bit natural. Yeah. And do you find people really resonate when you let them into your life as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I probably, I mean, I could probably do that a bit better. I think I still obviously have my boundaries up and everything like that. I think we all do. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of like what to share and what not to share. Mm. And that's something that I sort of am always toying with is like, you know, how much of your life do you actually share online versus yeah. how much do you keep private? And I think that like for anyone who's going into that sort of space, it's something that you actually need to have boundaries on. Absolutely. Um, because yes, like, of course, like I want to be super authentic and share everything with everyone. But like, you know, there's moments in your life, like you were just saying, like that, uh, it's not the same when you're sharing. Yeah, one hundred percent. In your life, when you are. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, like, for anyone who is stepping into that space, to make sure that you're really clear about what the boundaries are of, like, you mm-hmm. know, when do you share things and when do you not share things? Yeah. Um, because yes, people want to get to know you, and I think that like there's so many opportunities to be able to connect and communicate with others, but it doesn't mean that you have to share everything yeah. online as well. And I think it's so different for different people as well. Like, it's what feels true to you and what you're comfortable with as well like I think you know and the people around you like I know my husband hates anything to do with social media and sharing yeah so it's like I think I'm single yeah literally (laughs) I know he's always like get your phone down and I'm like and so it is also sometimes having respect for the people around you as well and and what they're willing to kind of have shared about about your private life so yeah yeah, I think that is really good advice because it doesn't you know just because you're in the space it doesn't mean you have to share every single bit yeah um and I think there's pressure too as well there is absolutely pressure that you should be sharing every moment every breakfast that you have every like (laughs) everything and I think that you need to let go of that pressure. And yet, like you said, like find what actually feels authentic and comfortable mm-hmm. for you to share. Yeah. Um, and if you feel like I should share this, then yep. that's almost a sign that you shouldn't be because you're feeling like you should do it for some other external yes. reason than what you authentically feel like yep. should be shared. 100%. And even just asking yourself like, if I share this, is it actually going to be helping someone or, you know, is it giving useful information? Is it of value or am I just doing it for the sake of doing it really? So, you know, and I think there's people that share a lot of their life and they do it really well and people love that for them and they're constantly inspiring because they're, that's what their lifestyle is built on. But I don't think everyone needs to feel the pressure to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people do it really well. It's like almost like watching a reality show. You're watching these people's lives and like, if that works for them and like, from a mental standpoint, they can cope with that. And that's fine. Like, I mean, it's great to watch. (laughs) It's a great time waster for all of us. Absolutely. Um, But like for a lot of people that is not mentally like Mm -hmm. a good space for them to be sharing all of that sort of stuff as well. So I think, yeah, like I said, it's just finding what actually is authentic and does not put mental strain on you. Definitely. I'm so glad you touched on, yeah, mental wellbeing there because that it is such a huge factor these days, you know, social media and that mm-hmm. it's playing on ment- people's mental well-being. So I think, you know, being really aware of is this having a positive effect on me or a negative effect, like regardless if it's watching someone online or following someone, like really being aware of the feelings that that's giving you. Yeah. So I think that's why, like you said, like taking the break though is actually really important because I actually don't think people, and I think this myself as well, you don't notice on a day-to-day level of the impact that it mm-hmm. has on your, like your mood 
mood or yeah. your um, like beliefs about yourself or yeah. the comparison or all of that. It's not like a you get off your social media, like you get off your phone and you're like, oh, like I'm a worthless person like straight away. It's no. like this like this thing that builds up with a lot of people over time and yeah. it's not until they actually step back for a period of time and go, you know what, like life is actually good yeah. as well. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Seriously. Amen to everything you just said. <laughs> we were basically talking about that before we started yeah. as well of like just how easy it is to get in that rabbit warren of comparing yourself and, and looking into other people's lanes, I guess. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I'd love to know though, what is one of the aspects of your job that truly lights you up? Like when do you feel like you were just at your absolute best? I love speaking. So, um, yeah, I'd say like doing like uh, events and speaking yeah. gigs, which I don't do enough of if I say that. It's my yeah. job for one thing. But, yeah, like it, yeah, it really comes down to educating and I think educating at events where I'm there connecting with people. Like I love bringing people together as well. I think yeah. that that's such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like when we are so online, like actually having people physically together in a room and seeing like the emotion that mm. people have around certain things yeah. um, and, and bringing people together to, you know, meet and connect and everything like that on a similar topic is really powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. And how did you kind of transition into starting to do that sort of work? I probably began doing it just for a bit of experience when I was, again, even still at uni, like I would um, at my local gym, like, you know, do a couple of nutrition talks. I knew a couple oh, of the trainers cool. there. So I'd do a couple of talks just to like, you know, 10 or 15 people. Yeah. Wherever I've worked, I've sort of like had connections at the gyms and everything where I've mm-hmm. done that from time to time. Um, and I still will do it like at a couple of the gyms in Sydney from time to time. But yeah, in the last six months, I don't think I've actually done any. But yeah, I mean, it's on on the cards, hopefully, for yeah. later this year. To, to well, you've put it out there now. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> Brands will come running now that you put it out there. I think that's so good though, just like even, you know, starting small and just putting yourself out there to people to be like, hey, I'm available to do this. I want to do this. I feel like you almost, by doing that, you give the universe this sign of like, you do. And it kind of then just starts flowing in, don't you? Do you agree? Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. Yeah. It's like, it's giving yourself permission to kind of like be in that space. Yeah. So, and then I guess how has the process of building your brand online as a professional but then also as I guess an influencer and a Mm. personal brand evolved and how have you kind of managed that yeah I wouldn't consider myself an influencer but I guess sorry some people get weird with that word (laughs) I consider you and you have influence over people yeah I I have influence so yes I guess like the technical definition yeah um (laughs) I don't see myself standing there like you know selling products no do you influence people yeah yeah. yeah Um, but no, like on that note, like it's, um, it's something that I do. I'm very conscious about like working with brands and everything like that, because I guess the way that I approach things is making sure that I am very non-biased with my nutrition advice and everything like that. So when I do work with a brand, it is so important to me that that brand is a brand that I know, use, trust, love already. Mm -hmm. And that I'm a hundred percent like on board with everything about it. There's even been brands before where I've sort of been like, oh, well, I like that product, but not that one. Mm. I I can't do that because it just puts my name towards it. So I've been really like protective, I guess, of my brand in that sense where, you know, if something does not feel right, then Mm. it's really, really important to me that I stand true to that regardless of what money might be um, or what opportunities might be or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's just not worth it so that I can sleep at night and I can know that I've done the best thing for what like is 
my morals and my values yeah. of being honest and like holding up my integrity with that. Yeah. I seriously just could not agree with that more. And I think there needs to be more of that in this space of, you know, really only working with brands that you truly do believe in because, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, you do have influence over people. So people are trusting you mm. to make a, a educated and empowered choice yeah. at the end of the day. So if you're promoting something that you don't actually use in your home or on your skin or in your yeah. like eat or something, like it's just so unfair to, to everyone that's yeah. being loyal to you. Yeah. Um, and I guess the hard thing with nutrition is like so there is even some things where I'm like, well, yeah, I use it, but like does that mean everybody should? Like, yes. no. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so true. So it's like there's – yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, it might be okay for me, but like is that okay for everybody? Everyone. Is it okay for me to be like yeah. talking about this? And is that a bit of a work in progress for you? Like, do you actually do work through that and think, okay, that's something that might align for me, but overall is it the kind of message that I want to be sending? Yeah. So, you know, like if I do have brands approach me, then it's always just going through and going, you know, like what, and I guess like, I mean, being a gut dietitian, like it's always gut feeling is like a number one thing for me as well. Like that's so good. If it doesn't feel right then and like I was saying before we started like if it's yeah. not a hell yes then like it's a no like yes sometimes like I've got to um and R over decisions like that for a while mm-hmm. and I sit there and I think you know like oh should I shouldn't I I'm like well if I'm here even having this argument with myself it's definitely a no so yeah, yeah it's just being really like yeah keeping up my integrity I guess with it and protecting the brand because yeah. I think in the and again this we'll see in 10 years time <laughs> I think in the long run it like it does pay, pay off, off. Like, absolutely to, to stick, I, I truly yeah I yeah. truly agree with you because otherwise you just become deluded and you look like you're uh, like walking magazine yeah and like, 100% and just ad after ad after ad and like mm-hmm. and that's the other thing it's like I make sure that I don't do many like sponsored brand supported or anything yes. like that posts on Instagram or anything like that yeah because I want the main thing to be about education education yeah yeah I love that and going back to listening to your gut and your intuition I really love this as a topic because I'm a bit the same as you I love that hell yes like if something's Mm. just not like putting the biggest smile on my face and making me basically jump around the room with excitement that I'm like it's totally not right for me because I'm like you and I totally agree with everything that you were saying but it's something that you can apply to any aspect of your life, I think. Yeah. Um, even if it's going to a social event yep. or, you know, how have you kind of got in tune with that and really knowing how to be able to listen to your intuition and your gut? I think it's a bit of self-respect. Like, so, um, well, firstly, doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. That's like, so true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Knowing like when you do go to events and you leave and you're like, oh, like that shouldn't was have went there. Yeah. <laughs> that was not right. Or like you just feel completely uncomfortable. And like I guess you've got to differentiate the difference between fear because it's something scary and new and whatnot and discomfort because it doesn't align. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it really is like just tuning in and just listening like, you know, what is it? And like, again, like self-respect, respecting your body in that it will tell you when things are working and when things are not. And I mean, I journal a lot and that sort of stuff as well, which I find really useful in terms of just like reflecting and taking that time to sort of sit back and think, how did that go? How did I feel about that? What could have been done differently? What could have been done better? Would I do it again? That sort of stuff um, I find really useful. Yeah, yeah, self-reflection, I think. Yeah, awesome. I love that. I think that's great advice. We'll be right back with the rest of this episode after this healthy break. I'm thrilled to have teamed up with my good mate Frank to make this episode possible. 
Frank and I have two things in common. We both love natural skincare and we both love our beauty sleep. The only difference is Frank makes them both possible. Introducing Frank Body's new In Your Dreams Scrub and Soak. Designed to relax tired babes and soothe tired skin. Frank Body believes beauty sleep starts in the bath, which is why the new Frank Body In Your Dreams Scrub and Soak is made with magnesium oils to melt away tension, Epsom salts to exfoliate, and lavender and chamomile to help relax. Now you have the perfect excuse to take longer baths, and as a result, you'll have less puffy eyes. So hit the link in the show notes and use the code HEALTHYHUSTLERS15 at the checkout. There's a reason why millions of babes all over the world love Frank Body, so find out for yourself and start having a good night's sleep every night. On your own personal health, how do you manage your health goals and wellbeing goals with, I guess, the demands of your business and and travel and all of that that comes Mm. with the industry that you're in? Yeah, so I didn't manage it very well up until a few months ago. Isn't it funny how so many people are in this health space and you look, like I was saying to you before this chat, I was like, so I probably haven't been eating like the best food that I should be lately. It's like we're so aware of it. Um, But like, and the way that I see it is like, and the way I describe it too, even like my clients and everything is like, we have seasons in our life and there are seasons for different things. Like there's seasons for work and building the business and there's seasons where it will slow down and, you know, health becomes the focus and as long as for me, I don't completely drop the ball, which I think I did, Um, but as long as like the pendulum swings back and we will always have these like times in our lives where, you know, family might become a bigger priority and then work might be, and then you like yourself and your self-care might be. Um, I think as long as like, it's not about having all of the balls in the air at the same time. Mm. Like sometimes I think that it's okay to put one down for a temporary period as long as you know that it's a temporary period period and it's not like long-term affecting you as well so like you're doing the bare minimum you need to to stay a healthy person yeah but yeah for me like it I really have had to like you know reassess my business and everything like that and actually sort of go you know what like I need to be saying no to more things and scaling back and putting myself first because yeah I did go through the season of like putting my business as number one and I'm so like proud of myself for doing that as well. Like I'm not regretting that at all because, mm. you know, I've got myself to the point where I was like really happy with where my business was heading and everything. I just wasn't happy with my health. So yes. I just needed to yeah. sort of then readjust and mm-hmm. sort of go, okay, well, you know, that ball I can, you know, put down, or not down, put aside for a little while yeah. and it will sort of manage itself. Whereas yeah. now I can really pick up the health and the self-care ball mm-hmm. and like run into that one. And build that back up again. Yeah. And do you have any kind of non-negotiables that, you know, even when you are really busy or the focus is on the business that you don't let go of? To be honest, I probably don't. And I think that's part of balance for me is Mm. like that, you know what, some days like nothing will get done in terms of like I won't be able to like meditate or go to the gym or I mean like I guess like I drink water and eat healthy like that's – like my diet is always healthy. always healthy. like, yeah. like uh, it's yeah. that's a non-negotiable for me but that's yes. not even like a, a second thought to me like mm-hmm. I it, I mean that's not to say I might not have chocolate or something like that but like my meals are always healthy meals like I yes. very rarely will have you know a day where every meal is an unhealthy meal mm-hmm. so that's probably my non-negotiable is that I still continue to eat lots of vegetables and everything like yeah. that but outside of that like yeah I'm not super hard on myself with like mm-hmm. having non-negotiables I mean I probably should be a little bit more in terms of like my 
morning routine and evening routine just, again, for a boundaries purpose. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I'm working on. But, mm. like, over the last couple of months, I probably haven't really had any. Yeah. I think, though, if you are kind of incorporating at least just that healthy food and what you're eating mm. every day, like, if that's kind of a consistent thing for you, because I feel the same, like, that's one thing that I know that I might not eat the healthiest for what I would say is healthy, yeah. but as for an overall diet of, you know, it's, I only eat healthy food really. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, even though I'm maybe not having the right You're amount of protein like levels, or the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm still the food that I'm putting in my body is still healthy food. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that can always make you feel at ease yeah. as well. What would be one of your go-to meals or snacks for busy people who are kind of wanting to incorporate a bit more healthy eating into their life? What's something that you'd always grab and go. Yeah. So my go-to lunch when I'm busy and lazy and everything is like a tin of tuna and um, the at Coles, they've got this vegetable superfood mix, which has got like oh, kale. Yes. Like, it's like kale slaw, but without the dressing. So it's good. Like the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, that tuna, like some tomatoes. And then if I've got herbs lying around, like some herbs and toss that all together. So that's like literally my go-to lunch. If I've got yeah. like some microwave rice, I'll throw that in as well. Love it. Like with my snacks, I'm not a massive when I say I'm not a massive snacker, I do snack, but like I don't do snacks. I do yeah, like I'll okay. have a piece of fruit or like yeah. some nuts or like a, I might make a, like a smoothie or something like that. But like I don't like make snacks, know, snacks or anything. Like yeah. I don't do snack recipes very often or that sort of stuff for myself. Um, yeah. Just because I'm <laughs> too lazy. Yeah, them. I'm the same. I'm always like look I'm at people and think, oh, I wish I could be one of those people that like, you know, make all these delicious homemade protein balls of yeah. cookies. And no. it's like there's always a batch of them and I'm like, it's just so not me. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. about convenience. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, I do really want to talk to you about collagen yeah. because I feel like it is such a bit of a buzz at the moment. Like mm. everyone's intrigued by collagen and wanting to try every product on the market that has collagen in it. And and I know when I was pregnant, it was a big focus. Like I kept getting told, oh, make sure you're having your collagen for stretch marks and blah, blah, blah. And so I have started having it since having my daughter. I probably started in my last trimester, but I've been having it every day since yeah. having Georgia, which is nearly six months now. And a few of my mummy friends who have just had babies are like, oh, what collagen? It's all feels like the real buzz in the, yeah. the mum's group circle. But I want to know, because there is so much mixed information out there. Mm. Some people are saying, yes it works or it can help, it can improve. Others are like, there's no proof that it can. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts yeah. on it. <laughs> what can it help with? And, you know, should we be incorporating it at our age into our diet more than, because is it true that it, we start losing or it decreases? Yeah. Collagen? So it's, um, oh, and I might be, I might explain this wrong. Um, it breaks down um, and yeah, we get less of it. I less think, of it. Like, yeah. So within our, like, so collagen is found within like your um, skin, within your uh, like tendons and ligaments and those sorts of things. And yeah, either it breaks down or we have less of it as we age. And that's sort of why we get wrinkles and those sorts of things as yes. well. When we go to the evidence for collagen, it is really mixed and we don't have any proof that it is definitively going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, I was saying before is like, you know, with everything with nutrition, I always say is like if something works for you, feels good for you, you're willing to spend money on it and it's not doing you any harm, then like go ahead and do it. But like, yeah, for collagen, the um, evidence around like, you know, increasing or decreasing the wrinkle depth, there is a little bit of 
research to show that it can um, reduce the depth of your wrinkles. So, you know, make your skin look more plump. Oh, give um, me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really mixed. So like, you yeah. know, like in some studies it will show that it has. And so th- there's no definitive answer there. Yeah. Uh, and then the other area of research where collagen has been used is in joint pain. So in particularly okay. like osteoarthritis. Yes. Um, and again, it's mixed. So like some studies will show that there's been like quite positive outcomes, whereas other studies will show that it has no benefit mm. over a placebo effect yeah um the thing i always say here is like placebo effect is real totally like fully yeah works. yeah um so it's really hard to like know like so a lot of people will t- start taking supplements and see benefits and it's like yeah like that actually happens with placebo and like that's fine isn't like, that if, crazy yeah like <laughs> if like and like i always say like if you want to use placebo to your advantage then feel free go to, for it like it's an expensive absolutely yeah um but yeah, like so, the, the research is really mixed with it, and it's not something that I just generally recommend to everyone. Like, yes, know, like for mums and stuff like that, it's definitely not something that I would be recommending because it, it's it's not necessary. Okay, like said, but like if if you find that it is having a benefit mm. for you, then there's no harm in it. It is yeah. just you know amino acids, like it's yeah. just protein at the end of the day, so it's not going to do any harm or anything. Yeah. The only thing that like I sort of really don't agree with with the collagen stuff is that a lot of people are using it as um, like to heal your gut and mm-hmm. there is nothing that shows that it's got anything to do with healing your gut yes. from the research. And the other thing is it's not great as a post-workout protein. Okay. So it's like it hasn't got all of the essential amino acids and it hasn't got enough leucine to help with actually triggering like our muscle Recovery. protein synthesis. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not great like as a post-workout protein. That's really interesting. I feel like though, am I right in saying that a lot of things are trying to be pushed towards the gut now because it yeah. is something that it's we're, trendy. you know, the second brain, like everyone's yeah. so intrigued in it. Like where did your passion for gut health come from? Having ceiling disease, you would think I would have started there, but I have always liked working with people with celiac disease, but never actually thought of going especially down that sort of pathway. Um, it wasn't until I was working with people with um, – so I was working in a clinic that saw a lot of people with chronic pelvic pain and um, really bad endometriosis. Yeah. And what we were finding is that, you know, they had a lot of irritable bowel syndrome that was coming alongside with the endometriosis. So, you know, I was helping them oh. with their diet for irritable bowel syndrome and helping them reduce, like, their overall pain and everything like that um, through it. So I guess it sort of happened naturally because the role I was in at that time was within a pain clinic Wow. Um, and working, yeah, to help them with their symptoms, um, which at the time when they sort of – I had these clients – I was only oh, – I would be a new grad and I had these, like, clients coming in and they were telling me about, like, their pelvic pain and endometriosis. <laughs> I'm like – What's your diet gonna do? And I was like, okay, no, work with the patient, like, like work with the client. What is what is the symptoms that are going on? And yeah. it was it was all bowel stuff. It was all gut, like it was bloating. It was those sorts of symptoms. That's I was like, so hey, well, crazy. I know how to do that. Yeah. So we started working on that, and yeah, we were seeing you know massive improvements um, with how people were feeling, their quality of life, and everything. So amazing. Yeah, that's how I started in it. Really. Yeah, and it's a real passion for you now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's um, it's really rewarding. I find, um, and I think it's super interesting because. My passions are around obviously food and Mm. nutrition, but also I really love like talking about self-care and like mental health and like all of that sort of side of things as well. And the gut does like have such an influence from the mental side of things as well. So a lot of the strategies I use with irritable bowel syndrome are like things like meditation and mindfulness because it helps for us to actually, you know, like calm down our gut brain axis Mm -hmm. and, and to, you know, make things happen how they should rather than how they happen when we're stressed yeah yeah I love that 
Well, the next thing I really want to pick your brain on is sugar. And I, <laughs> so sugar is something that I, when I guess really started to invest in my health journey and really prioritize my health, sugar was one of the first things that I decided to cut, refined sugar, that is, sorry, because I was in a corporate work environment where, you know, you're under the pump, there's deadlines all the time, you're working long hours and sugar was always available, like cakes and chocolate and lolly jars lolly <laughs> jars and all of this stuff that to be honest I hadn't really grown up eating and so as a result I never really used to crave it like at Easter my mum used to buy me undies because I didn't really like chocolate <laughs> <laughs> like literally that's what I, where I was at um I just was such a like and as a kid I'd have a banana birthday cake with no sugar and no icing like no kid at my birthday parties would ever eat my cake so I grew up with you know quite a wholesome diet and, and not craving any of these yeah. sugars and stuff then getting in the workforce and it was around me all the time and all of a sudden I was just eating so much sugar and I'd have that, you know, 12 o'clock lull. I'd have that three o'clock lull. Mm. So it's like reach for a chocolate bar, reach for this. And my mum said to me, I just can't believe how much chocolate you eat these days. And I was like, oh, I can't go a day without it. And she's like, you used to never eat it. And so I'd been told, and I don't know how much truth is in this or if it's a placebo effect as well, but that you can lose a craving for something after about two weeks. Yeah, I don't know whether there's like a, a, a actual time frame. Uh, there, well, no, there, there might be because I do know that for salt, for example, like yes. your and, – and it would be the same I would say for sugar as well. It's like so your taste buds, the cells in your taste buds are constantly like regenerating and everything. So yes. if you reduce down the salt in your diet – and I, for some reason I've got in my back of my mind about six weeks, they say, with salt. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know what the time frame – like I don't know if yeah, there's an actual time, time frame. frame. You can lose yeah. cravings. You yeah. can absolutely like your – and like so if you are reducing down like a lot of like your – highly sweetened things and I think actually and that's probably another whole topic for another whole time is like our so much consumption now of really sweet products so even like artificially sweetened things is that we've become so sensitive in the set like we crave these really highly sweet foods yeah. whereas the foods in our natural environment aren't all that sweet yeah, okay. um, compared to like some of these like sugar sweetened or artificially sweetened products yeah and so like for example if people don't have like any added sugars in their diet and they're just getting like their sugars and stuff from their natural foods so fruits and vegetables and like you know the lactose that's in dairy Mm -hmm. products and stuff you know if you did that for a few months then went to um like have you know something sugary you might actually find it really quite sweet to taste because you've just become so used to the sweetness of the foods that you've been having Mm -hmm. and that's where I feel like now like a lot of the time I'll get you know like raw slices or something and my husband will be like this cannot be good for you like this is so delicious and I'm like trust me if someone that was used to eating like a block of cabri every week tasted this they would think it would taste like cardboard but (laughs) you like it's just that your palate's probably acquired to that taste of you know it's still sweet for us but it's in a natural more natural form yeah yeah what kind of effects does more refined sugars have on our overall health? So I guess it depends on the definition of refined. So like I define refined sugars as really any added sugars. So okay. my definition is actually quite different to what a lot of other people yeah, would cool. say. So I would say like unrefined sugars are your sugars that are naturally found in your food products. So yep. things like bananas, yep. berries, like all of those sorts of things that have natural sugars in them. So I actually consider like things like honey and maple syrup and cane sugar and 
all of them I sort of group within the same category yeah okay um because the effect that they do have on our bodies are relatively similar okay um so I don't like to demonize one over the other because having excess consumption of any of those types of things is not great for our health mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we should demonize them as well in the sense yeah. that like you know having a little bit is not going to kill you like yeah. you know it's absolutely fine to have you know the odd chocolate and those sorts of things mm-hmm. but we just don't want this to be making up a large component of our diet yes um and yeah I, I think that it's really important that we do reduce down our added sugars in our diet or mm-hmm. like you said like our, our refined sugars in our diet so that we are having a much more like natural whole like plant-based yeah, yeah whole foods sort of diet yeah and what would you consider as enough to still be quite healthy and maintainable and what's kind of too much in a day so, yeah, it's really hard to define it per day because like, you you know, you might have somebody, so for example, myself, like I would not have that many added sugars in my diet, but then I might go like to a birthday or something like mm. that and have like a piece of cake and ice cream, a sugary yeah. drink and like all in one day. Yeah. And it's like, just because I had one day where I blew out with the sugars doesn't mean I'm an unhealthy human. Mm. Um, it's about like your diet context as a whole. So I actually yeah. am I mean, and the World Health Organization do have a number of teaspoons of added sugar, and I'm going to butcher it off the top of my head. I think it's about four teaspoons. We won't hold you to yeah. it. <laughs> I'm going to get it completely wrong. <laughs> but, like, I think it's more about your diet as a whole rather than thinking about, like, today. Yeah. It's about awesome. if you think about your diet over the last six months, how much sugars have been in your diet in, mm. that, in that sort of period of time, like, rather than going, okay, today, like, I need to cut out all my sugar today or I need to keep it to two teaspoons today or whatever it is, Um, think about how can I have my entire diet in a minimally added sugar way. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good approach. And I think it's so much more realistic and easier to balance as well because we can get so down on ourselves if you have that, you know, one sloppy day where you're like, and you're like, oh, my life's over, my health, you know, my health kicks over and it's like, well, it's it's not at all. Exactly. (laughs) Just wake up tomorrow and have a green juice and you'll be fine. (laughs) Green juice fixes everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you done anything, that? Anything green yeah. fixes, doesn't it? <laughs> One leaf of spinach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now to finish off the conversation, I would love to know what 2020 has installed for you. Do you have um, anything exciting coming up professionally and also personally? Yes. So hopefully 2020 is a much healthier year yeah. for me. <laughs> A much more injury-free year. Um, But no, professionally, so we're looking at um, launching something very exciting in the gut health space very soon. So I can't disclose too much about it yet. But essentially, it's just changing the way people think about gut health and the way that they treat, you know, issues around gut health, which is um, super exciting. And then, yeah, hopefully doing a few more speaking gigs and everything. Yeah, yeah, you've put that out there now. but yeah, like that, that's sort of like my main focus at the moment. Um, yeah, is working on yeah some of that gut stuff, and awesome. yeah, we sort of don't like to plan too much and let the the world <laughs> sort of throw things at me as well. Absolutely, yeah, you can be a bit more reactive then, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely loved chatting with you, and I wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. 
If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.